All right, so as long as I've got your attention, let me talk for a moment about a very common problem. A problem that health experts, dietitians, athletes, and top performers all seem to agree upon, and that is the perfect diet simply does not exist. Even with a balanced, healthy diet, it can be so hard to cover all your nutritional basis through food alone. This is why there's Athletic Greens. The Athletic Greens Ultimate Daily All-in-One Health Drink has got 75 proven vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, which make it easier for you to get that comprehensive nutrition without the need for a bunch of pills, powders, or complex routines. What I'm saying to you is, it's the most complete supplement for a better you, and it's different from anything else I've ever tried. It's different because it comes in powder form, and it's mixed with water. Athletic Greens requires fewer capsules. It has superior absorption and does not include any binders or fillers. One scoop of Athletic Greens provides a convenient, affordable, and tasty solution to fill the gaps in your diet. So if you're looking to boost energy, strengthen your immune system, or support gut health, this is the product you've been looking for. Whether you're taking steps towards a healthier lifestyle or you're an athlete pushing for better performance, Athletic Greens takes all the guesswork out of everyday good health. Why not give it a shot? Just try it. Jump on over to athleticgreens.com slash Rome. Get my special offer right now. 20 free travel packs valued at $79 with your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com slash Rome. Athleticgreens.com slash Rome. Like I had to go, man. The mind wasn't right. The body had a lot of physical gifts, but the mind wasn't right. That guy's no longer with us. He's buried deep, deep under the ground. How do you do that? How do you get your head right? What changes did you make? You want me? To, you want me to just tell you right here, right now? If you would, yeah, I, I do. Was, I was gonna, I was gonna wait to drop it on my book, but I like you, Jim. So I'm gonna drop it on your show right here, right now. It's still gonna be in the book in more detail, but I give you guys a good preview to it. Yo, yo, what's cracking? Welcome to another episode of the Jim Rohn Podcast. And we've got an all-timer coming your way today because our guest is one of the hottest names in all sports right now. After beating Nate Diaz, he is now officially the baddest mother in the world, and he's got the shiny BMF belt to prove it. But Jorge Masvidal does not need that strap to prove he's a badass. He's had to prove it every single day, literally fighting his way off the streets of Miami since he was a kid into what might be the biggest payday of his entire life, depending on how it all shakes out. I'll ask him about being front and center at the Conor McGregor fight last weekend, his UFC record five-second win over Ben Askren, and being named Fighter of the Year after that win over Nate Diaz. This side hustle was made for this exact kind of uncensored conversation, and I've got Jorge Masvidal to prove it. That's coming up next. An epic episode 113 of the Jim Rohn Podcast starts right now. So, Jorge, I had you on the radio show recently, but you know the old saying, right? You got to leave them wanting more. And you left me wanting more, and I'm thinking eight minutes or so was not enough real estate to adequately tell your story, so I want to get you on this podcast, which I appreciate, man. How are you? How are things? Good, my brother. Doing good. Just got back to Miami, Florida, the home base. Back to the grind now. Get to the gym every day, all day, and, and just do what I love to do, compete. All right, so let's talk about a few of these things, right? So, like, you've been handling your business both inside and outside the gym. In fact, you just launched your own brand of Mezcal. Let me start right there. How did that come to be, and how banging was that launch party? 
Oh my gosh, we we had a good time. We've been uh, working on 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 the details and and just doing everything right for both parties for about three years. We we needed the year 2019 to happen just the way it did. So going into the year, I had a good amount of pressure because we already knew what was on the table and the things that I had to do. And um, I mean, the company was happy, and I'm happy, and, and everything went just the way it was supposed to. But a, a lot of it had to do with 2019. I had to make sure that everything went right. You know. 2019 was amazing, and I want to talk to you about how that came to be and how you internalized all that pressure. But in terms of the party itself, the reason I ask you how banging that party was is because I'm thinking my invite somehow got lost in the mail. All good. Apology accepted, my dude. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you joking with me? You didn't no, get the man. Invite? I didn't get the Somebody invite, man. It's all good. Over at FRM. Someone just, hey. My secretary just got fired. I needed a new one anyway. Nah, anyway. I don't, nah, dude. I don't want to take any food off anybody's table. I don't want to get, You need a nah, new one anyway. That's, that's, many, <laughs> two, that's the second time she's fired, man. Anyway, she's been gaining weight, getting sloppy. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. All right. So, like, it, it because I didn't get to go, like, if I were interested or anybody were interested, tell me about the product and how do we get a bottle. I want to start right there. Well, Right now, we're landing in Florida this month. Um, and then it's going to be Texas, Vegas, and California. Well, not Vegas, on Nevada. So that that's the process that we're in. The the rest of the markets will probably come next year, mid year, but uh, Florida's going to be the first one that we hit the ground running with. All right. So let me ask you this: Like, I'm going to be there next week for Super Bowl coverage. Oh, we, is no, it no, no. is we it there? We already got you. We we got your. Your signed bottle edition, and then we got your bottle just a just a drink and stuff. And then we got you the memorabilia one and the pounded out one. Good looking out. I like it. I look forward to that. All right, so Jorge, to get a better understanding, really, of who you are and how you got here and what 2019 represented, we got to really go back, right? Because your journey to me and what you've endured and experienced is amazing. Is it fair to say that fighting has always been a part of your life? Like, can you ever remember a time in your life when you were not fighting? Uh, yeah, you know, like when I get in school in trouble, I mean, when I get in trouble in school and, uh, and Mama Dukes would lay the ass open and then no, no, like martial arts for some time periods, you know, that that was the time I remember, but I always, um, would like shadow box it or, or drill techniques or, or watch like a Kung Fu movie or something like that, that, that I would enjoy. So it, it's just like, I, I see it like, uh, like guys that are great at soccer, they have an obsession and everywhere they go, they got that ball with them and they're just practicing. And that's all they care about, you know? It's kind of how it is with me in fighting. So like, I'm always practicing my craft. It's something to do with it. Yeah, but like you said, your mother, like you were raised mostly by your mother, and that was kind of tough. Did she, she didn't want you fighting. What was that like? No, she definitely didn't want me. I, I mean, she's a woman. The sport was relatively young, especially to, to her that, that my mom maybe had seen a couple boxing matches. She definitely didn't like it. I had to win her over, and, and that was over a course of time, me just beating people's asses. And my dad was just happy that I found something I loved, you know. He knew it was going to be tough, but uh, he was confident. He was like, yeah, this is what this guy's meant to be. I've, I've seen this guy since a baby. This is all he's meant to do. So he was pretty actually maybe very excited and supportive, you know, since he started with career. Like, so when did you know? Like, other kids are playing ball. They're playing organized sports. But you knew you wanted to fight. Like, why was that your thing? What did you like about it? Okay. Simple. If let's say uh, we're hanging out, four or five friends, you're riding bike all day and stuff, and, and then they'd be like, "Oh, let's go to the park and play soccer." And at first, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's go," but then when I'd get to playing it, um, it just it, not that I, I I couldn't watch sports, but I could play sports. Like I, I'd be more attractive, more more inclined to play them, but it just wouldn't get like my adrenaline pumping. I just it wouldn't keep my attention. Since the first time I walked into a boxing gym, 
that's it. Like, all my attention was in that moment. I didn't have nothing else. And time would just warp. It'd be three hours to go by, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've been here for three hours working out, you know? And I just kept getting sucked into, like, this time hole. And I knew, like, this this is the one thing I could do for a living. I just got to make sure that, uh, that, I, that I can make a living out of this because fighting was starting to come up. You know, once the UFC came around, I was like, yep, this is it. And once I discovered that at least by the age of, like, 13, I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. And it was a good day when I made that commitment. Hmm. You know, you mentioned when you were 13 and you mentioned, like, you'd be riding around your bike. Actually, something terrible happened. You had a really, really violent beating. And it was not in the octagon, but rather when you were jumped as a 14-year-old. What happened that day? Uh, yeah, a couple times I've been, uh, I've been somebody trying to get my bike, you know, I could, uh, accredit those, um, moments in my life to the ass weapons I lay out now. But yeah, I've been, I've had to handle myself a couple of times. I mean, hasn't everybody, everybody gets, you know, assaulted at one point or another in their life. I mean, yeah, I guess, but maybe, maybe not to that extent. Maybe not, maybe not to that extent, right? I mean, like came up man you came up in a different sort of way like like street fighting for those like kimbo slice as an example was a youtube sensation with his street fights in the early 2000s in fact how did you meet him what was he like we were training at the same gym we met and um and then we both transferred on over to american top team as well so he invited me to the backyards i fought there and man it was just an instant bond you know two guys that like to scrap that are naturally good at it and and that's it like a bond was was built, you know, and then we were at the same gym, both competing as professionals now at American Top Team. It was cool, man. It was it was an awesome journey to have Kimbo alongside. I mean, he's one of the most humble, I always say, possibly the most humble guy I met in the sport. Like, for those who do not know, like, backyard or street fighting back in the day, like, what are the rules? If it's, like, street fighting or unsanctioned street fighting, what are the rules? How does that work? So let's say I had a friend that I was betting on, and I was like, my boy's going to beat up your boy, Jim. And then your boy's like, no, nah, you know, we're going to win. So now you're going to come up with some type of cash formula. And I'm going to do the same thing. And then me and you will come up with the rules. You know, like the fighters will be like, oh, I don't want no takedowns. So, like, the people making the deal or the fighters with themselves will make the deal. Like, I don't want no takedowns, no no kicking. Or if not, they'll say, yeah, I'll allow kicking, takedowns, punching, submission. So that's pretty much how it goes down. That's it. And you get in there and may the best man win. No eye gouging usually. Usually have all the same, you know, no hitting the low growing, uh, the jewels, whatever they're calling them these days. No poking of the eyeballs, no fish hooks. And that's when you stick the fingers in the mouth and you, like, yank the cheeks. That's a dirty technique. That's usually not allowed in street fighting either, you know? Right. So, like, Jorge, like... like you know, oil checking. Oil checking is highly prohibited as well. For those who do not know, what is oil checking? Oh, man. If they don't know, they got to Google that term. Jim, that's <laughs> like a... You got to go Google that oil check term. But that happens a lot in, like, uh, in graveling and fighting. Guys, you playing dirty and checking the oil and shit, man. And you got to fuck them up after that. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think we know. I probably shouldn't have asked that question. I think we know what that is. Or if not, you can't Google that shit. That's what the internet is for. Or, hey, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, so what were the stakes for, man? Like, if you set that thing up and you and your boys set that thing up and then you establish the parameters and the ground rules, how much would you fight for back in the day? I mean, we were just kids, you know, and th- different people, like, I'm sure um, Kimbo and them, I've, I've heard legendary stories, you know, of, like, I, I know a lot of these are true because I know the people that were there. Like, I'm not going to mention names, but Kimbo versus another famous entertainer's bodyguard. 
and Kimball's people have a lot of money, man. I don't want to put them out there, but his his handlers have a lot of money, so it wouldn't be nothing for them to bet a hundred thousand dollars in a fight against a bodyguard, and they knew that Kimball would come through him. So like that, they have a lot of episodes. I don't know if if some of those might not even have been released, you know, for certain reasons. But Kimball fucked up a lot of bodyguards, man. A lot of like famous entertainers and people like that's bodyguards. Kimball, Kimball had parties in their faces. I'm just saying, like, Jorge, this this shit is like, it's not just for entertainment, man, or for sport. I mean, you take your life into your own hands. I'm just kind of curious, like, like when you got started out there, like, would you fight for 100 bucks, 150 bucks, a, a quarter pounder? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I, when I was a kid and, and, you know, it was like, my friends found somebody that's fine and be like, all right, $40 for the winner. You know, like, I put in $40 and somebody else will put in $40 and winner take all type stuff, you know. Always, you know, like like a pickup basketball game and, and two friends betting money, same thing. Right. So, like, I was watching last night before you and I were going to wrap. I saw one of the fights with Kimbo's protege, Ray, back in the day, and you were fighting him. And, like, dude, I was amazed. I was amazed. Like, this dude was, this is a big dude, and this dude was knocking dudes the fuck out. And you're standing right in front of this guy, and, like, you're slipping everything. Like, he can't touch you. He can't touch you, and you're closing the distance, and you are landing, and you are hurting this dude. It was an incredible thing to see. Like, what do you remember about that fight? Or was it fights? Did you fight him a couple of times? We fought twice, and when I remember him, that he was a mean motherfucker, man. He, uh, He could hit hard, and I just, you know, when you're getting hit bare knuckle after a point, you start to like make the guy's face pretty, you know. I, I could feel as I'm touching him more, the knuckles are sharp. I'm, I'm, it's bone on cheek. You know, you're fucking him up. He's, he's a tough dude, man. I hit him with good body shots, good face shots. And something I do remember is that uh, since he's, since it, it's a thing that he's bigger, hits harder, but he's not used to the speed that I bring to the table. So if I could manage not to step on those landmines, getting hit by this truck, when he goes into my world, that I'm able to give him the speed, it's, it's different for him because I'm like two weight classes below him. So the speed is is very difficult for them to deal with, just like the powers. If he hits me, man, it's fucking, it's a blow to the foundation, which he did. And, man, it it hurts. You know, you don't want to get hit bare knuckle by a bigger guy. No, dude, but yeah, I get that. But he had trouble hitting you, and he had trouble dealing with your speed. Oh, yeah, that that, that was something. The speed and the conditioning. The condition, too, right. The cardio, right? The cardio. Yeah, cardio is a huge part of it. And another thing, and this one's more of a gift that I had since a kid, is, is the radar. The vision to be able to see the punches in slow motion and get it away, way, that's something that God gave me that uh, I got to be thankful for. You're just kind of born with that. Yeah, exactly. That's some Matrix shit right there. Like, you could slow that stuff down, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when you're in there, like on my regular day-to-day, I'm not seeing everything in slow motion. But when I'm in the ring, even when I'm looking at fights, like later on of myself, I'm reviewing technique. I'll see, I go, oh, that's when I went into slow-mo. Like, you'll be able to, the adrenaline is pumping just right. And you can see the things in slow motion. It's, it's amazing. Like in the Ben Askren fight at the start of it, I could see everything. I already knew where the knee was going to land when I was in the air before I threw it because I'm in that hyper-focus. You know, I could see like a pimple in somebody's face at that moment, you know? You don't want to pop that shit when you see that, do you? Then that's what I was trying to do. You did too, man. <laughs> it's one thing to pop a zit. It's another thing to pop a guy's entire face. Like that, that knee, Jorge, I mean... Like, whose idea was, who came up with the idea for the flying knee, and did you know that would land and that fight would end the way that did? Well, the, the flying knee was me. I'm not the first. Let me make something clear. I'm not the first to throw a flying knee. In, uh, in my sports, there's been a lot of creative, great athletes that are, are great entertainers and great 
sculptors like myself. I call myself an entertainer and, and like an artist, you know, because that, that move, I have to see it in my head first. I have to pick the right scenario to do it in. So it was a, the move came for me, but I, it, it has been done before. The flying is not, I'm not the first to do the flying. I might have the, the best one of all time, but I'm not the first to do it. So I just had to practice it. You know, I, that, that's a weapon I've had for a while, but I hadn't displayed it in the early stages of a fight. I usually wait a little longer. Knowing Ben's tendencies, kind of like a football game, that tastes like a team that's always running. We had to shut that down, and, and that's how we shut his running down. You know, we just, boom, collide with him. What you said is so interesting. Like, so how do you see yourself? Are you are you an artist? Are you an entertainer? Are you a sculptor? Are you a showman? Are you an assassin? Like, like what are you? How do you see yourself? Uh, all of those things. That's what my sport requires if you want to be at the top of it. Because for many years, I, I was good with my brother, but I wasn't, I wasn't quite the artist I had to be at those points. I was very skilled, but I wasn't bringing all my tools to capture people's imaginations. That's why when I stepped off the shores, I was coming back starting in 2019. All, all all, of the 18 was that I didn't fight was me thinking of formulas to captivate people's minds. And since I've come back, I've done that three times in a row, and it's not going to be any different for the rest of my career. I just think of formulas that, that I could get everybody's attention for those five seconds that they're just paralyzed. That's uh, That's my gift to the world. Jorge, you know, you, everybody's talking about 2019 because 2019 was such a magical year for you, but I'm really fascinated by 2018, which I want to ask you about in a minute. But one more thought about Askren. Like, the knee, the amazing thing about that, you landing that shot, is it will never be forgotten because it's so easy to watch over and over and over again. Everybody can see it because it's so short and it's so sensational, and you just keep passing it along. Like, what did that do to your profile? How quickly and dramatically did your whole life change because of those five seconds oh overnight literally overnight i used to uh be able to go out in my city and do shopping like go to the grocery store maybe like one person recognized me and it's cool now that i can't have and i'm not an internet person but i've completely switched to the online everything because if i go to the superstore now in my own city it's like 30 minutes of a photo shoot and it's tough you know i can't do it every time i go to a grocery store i'll never get to practice <laughs> Right. Like, so, Jorge, are you like, are you in it for that? That's not why you got into this, to be famous, right? Or was it? It Man, it was a way out and to collect paychecks, huge paychecks, you know? Um, there was a time I was fighting in Japan, and, and I was like, man, this is this is going to be like how my life is going to be, and it's going to be perfect. I was starting to fight more and more. I had a total of five fights in Japan, but around, like, the third one, they started broadcasting me a lot more. I had some knockouts already over some world champions that were from Japan, and I started to create a buzz in Japan to where I be in the streets and Japanese people would recognize me and hey let me get a picture and I was like oh it's pretty cool people here in Japan started to really recognize me but nobody knew me who I was back home in the states and I was still getting decent money so I thought I go wow this might be it for me I might be able to get rich and keep my freedom still and not be famous but now that's that's not how I ended up being that shit would be great right wouldn't it be so awesome to be really fucking rich and not have anybody know who you are or bother you it it, it uh it, it doesn't bother too much but when I'm with the kids or if like uh you know, you're with a group of friends and, and you got like 10, 15 people like, and each one of them demands like a minute, minute and a half of your time. It gets tough, you know, when you want to spend time with uh, certain activities or when you're eating and stuff, you know? Right. I know. But it, right. it's also it's also very humbling because a lot of people tell me they relate to me from the from where I started because literally you can see my whole life on online, you know, from where I started to where I'm at. And a lot of people get inspired by that. And that's something that I didn't think I was going to be doing, inspiring people to better themselves. 
So it really blows my mind. Well, it seems to me like you're able to do that because you went to work on yourself. I mean, like you did the hard work on yourself. We can talk about 2019 and the three amazing wins and the fact that you're the fighter of the year and we're having these conversations, but none of this happens if you don't have the resurrection, the personal resurrection of 2018. What went into the resurrection? Like, how did you get to that point and what did you do exactly? I had the... To resurrect, that means somebody had to die. Someone had to die. That old game bridge is that those guys that lost those split decisions, that did this, that did that, that guy could no longer be a part of this program. For me to take it to the fight of the year, for me to get knocked out of the year in the same year that I got fight of the year, all these things, it had to be a new person. So that dude, um, he's not alive, man. He actually got killed a long time ago. That's right to the resurrection because the old game bridge hasn't been with us in a while. Like that dude, what was his deal? How come that guy had to go? That guy had to go, man. The mind wasn't right. The body had a lot of physical gifts, but the mind wasn't right. And that guy's no longer with us. He's buried deep, deep under the ground. He's a great competitor, but he's not this game, bro. Maybe you don't want to get into it. Let me just ask you one thing about that, because I think what you did, I think a lot of us want to do, a lot of us need to do. We want to get our heads right. Like, how how do you do that? How do you get your head right? What changes did you make? You want me to, you want me to just tell you right here, right now? If you would, yeah, I do. I was, I was going to wait to drop it on my book, but I like you, Jim. So I'm going to drop it on your show right here right now. It's still going to be in the book in more detail, but I'll give you guys a good preview to it. I appreciate it's you. It's all in yourself, man. You, it's, all, it's all on us, you know. I feel personally, for me, that my creativity, a lot of my visions, my thoughts, how I do things comes from isolation, being by myself, only having my opinions and thoughts in my head. So if I'm thinking about going out there and doing a flying knee, and let's say one of my cornermen or people like that, you know, just to give you an example in the day-to-day, or just maybe being negative towards that idea. No, because, you know, when you throw that knee, you could miss, and if you miss, he could grab you, and if he grabs you, he could take you down. And all these things, man, a lot of times you don't need to hear him, you know, and for that, that's a technical point. So I would hear something out like that to know the goods and bads. But I'm talking about just in general in life. Imagine somebody has stopped me from throwing that knee. I still beat Ben, but in a different way. Somebody, one of my coaches or dear friends or somebody that I have a lot of esteem for was like, no, don't do that. It's a bad idea. Imagine that, you know? I think that happens to us a lot in life. Human beings, they hear the wrong thing. Maybe they hear a song. They don't even know it. That song is just putting you down. And then later on in the day, they're getting bad news. They don't get to fully be themselves, I think. Isolation for everybody at some point is key. Just you and your thoughts, you know, and and see what comes out of it. That's really interesting. Like if somebody talked you out of that knee, like how different would your life be right now? I mean, you and I might still be having this conversation, maybe, or maybe we nope. wouldn't, or maybe it would be totally nope, different, we right? Wouldn't. We wouldn't. It'd be a lot of things. I, I wouldn't probably get fired of the year because I might not have knocked out of the year to give me that extra. A lot of things. That not, not that it would have been bad, but it would have gone completely different. So, I mean, is that done, or do, or do you still have that time? Are you always looking to have that just time with yourself? Like, some people are scared of that shit, right? They don't want that. No, a lot of people can't drop that phone for a little bit, can't. Right. And the Netflix special marathon, <laughs> they can't, you know, get off that group chat that has them locked in three hours a day. No thanks. I'm, I'm just perfecting my craft all day long. That's why uh, I think I've had the performances that I had this year. As soon as I'm done here, I'll be going to the gym and just – Doing what I love to do, just sharpening my tools. And Abraham, I always say this, but Abraham Lincoln says the best, and he, he gave the recipe for the whole world. If you want to be successful, just listen to that quote. If you give me six hours the top of Terry Tree, I'm going to spend four sharpening my tools. That's crazy. That's, that's fucking nuts, isn't it? 
Like, I don't know. Everything. All the wisdom. People asking about, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put somebody through a three hour seminar to find out the truth. I just gave them the truth right there. Jim. We just made whoever's listening and takes this to heart rich. We just made somebody rich. Just put it in your heart. Go out there and get it done. Jorge, run that shit back one more time because not only is that not a three hour seminar, that was like three seconds and that shit was free. Run that by me one more time. Give me six hours to chop a cherry tree. I'm going to spend four sharpening my tools. Fucking love that. Listen, I, I respect you and your time, so let me pick a couple of spots really quickly before I let you go. You went you went with the Versace to wear to UFC 246. As far as I'm concerned, Jorge, great choice. I love that shit. Not McGregor, not Connor. Connor's like, quote, talk about blowing it. If you ask me, that was ridiculous. I don't know. It was a bit weird, whatever, all the best. But they didn't stop there. He chases that with, quote, so it's not a good night for Jorge, but all the best to him. God loves a trier. My man, you're holding a strap that reads, baddest motherfucker, the BMF belt. And this guy looks at you and says, God loves a trier. What do you make of that? What's your reaction to that? My reaction is I'm, I'm not a bully. I never, never have been. I'm not going to start being one now. If buddy doesn't want it, man, God bless you on your journey. Go do your thing, man. If you want it, let's do it. You know, he was, he's called out a lot of people. He's done something very nice to where he's called out everybody. So he has options. He's thinking he's not backing himself up into the corner. But every time he calls my name and then he doesn't pull the trigger on it, the fans ain't stupid. They're going to see it, man. And they might get turned off by that shit, you know. So whoever he's going to fight, just fight. Go go call that person out. Do your thing. I'll go whoop Usman's ass, grab another bell, and then go from there, you know. I just, I'm not going to, especially somebody that, that he knows that himself he doesn't want this. I'm not going to talk him into a fight. You don't want to do it. It's cool. Go your way. I go mine. We keep each other's names out of each other's mouth. And just collect these checks, you know? Man, you know, if, if you're in for the paycheck, though, man, anybody who's in for the paycheck knows that guy's going to make, create a big situation for a big paycheck. Like, if that fight were to happen, what would happen? What would happen to him? If the fight was to happen, um, people are going to feel bad for him. He'll get, he'll get, uh, he'll, the people have been wanting him to get chastised for some of the things he's done outside of the cage. I'll oblige him. I will make everybody a fan of his after we fight because it will be bad for him. Jorge, when you talk about like baptizing other guys, is that just a matter of you winning the fight or is there something deeper that goes into a baptism besides just you winning the fight? No, I can't I can't win a fight. I've I got I know that for a fact on a decision. I just know it. You know, at some point you gotta stop going against the grain. I can't win a fight on decision. I have to take it out of whoever's hands they thought that they were gonna judge my fight, I have to take it out of their hands. Because history repeats itself in history, and we don't do well with decisions. So that that that's that's what the baptism is. Because if I beat you on decision, it's not even really a win in our book, you know. How come? Why is that? I I'm, I'm before I went on this uh, nice tour, I was the king of the split decisions, you know. And I started thinking, how about if I won those split decisions by a, a split decision? Nah, I'd be it, I'd, it wouldn't separate me from the pack. It put me in a weird clusterfuck, you know. So I had to to create a formula to always separate me from the pack. So there's no, I won by split decision. No, I won by decapitation. The dude cannot no longer compete, you know? He's been disabled. I hit the off button on him. That, that was my formula for every fight going forward. Can't argue with that shit at all. All right, so what about that BMF title? Dana White was saying it's a one-off. It's a one-off. This is when it started. It's a one-off. Is that how you're approaching it, or do you plan on defending that thing again at some point? If somebody puts up the collateral, meaning okay, they, they right. got something that interests me, you know, because I'm not just going to put up my title and after I wipe the floor with that person, they got to give me something too. I'm a gambling man. 
And actually, that belt, I gave it to my father, so I got to talk to him about what we're going to put it up for. And he's a gambling man as well, so we'll be betting something. But it has to be worth a while. If you're coming for what's mine, what are you putting up? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, if they fight for the BMF belt and they win, they get the belt. But if you win, what do you get? Exactly. All right, before you go, can I ask you about your dad? Like, when you... He was in prison for a while. Did you know that? Like, what did your mother tell you about your dad? And how are you guys now? Well, I, at first, um, they used to tell me that uh, he was in the Army. And I came to find out later he was in the Army. Uh, I was like maybe 13 years old, going on 14, something like this. And that's when I found out that uh, he, he had been in penitentiary all the time. But our relationship is amazing since that day. Since, since the day that I, I came to visit him, in the prison grounds, our relationship's been amazing. My dad lives with me to this day. We're best friends. He's actually with me right now, you know, so we're pretty cool. That's cool. All right, so last thing then. Who do you want to fight next? Is it Usman? What is your plan? My my plan, Jim, I, I've been in the sport for a long time. Um, I'm at the top of my career right now. I want to make the biggest paychecks possible. So I never have to, you know, do uncomfortable things and come back to fighting when I'm way past my time and, and I shouldn't be in it. I'm just you know, laying down some, for, for somebody who probably would have never even held my jock strap. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be the guy that's still hanging around fighting when you shouldn't. So I'm going to make sure I collect the checks, all the titles and all the records I can from here till my, my career's done. I've said it already. I'll say it again. I got three years left, counting this year's one of them. So I'm going balls to the wall, man. I, I, I just want to put on the, the greatest, most violent, beautiful masterpieces I've painted are going to be from here on out. 2019 was a preview to 2020. 2020 is going to be a very serious horror movie. It's going to be one of those horror movies that affects people. My man, I'm going to see you in Miami. We're already booked to sit down on Radio Row. I hope you bring that bottle with you. Like I said, man, apology accepted. Apology accepted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my invite got lost in the mail. No, no, no. She's fired already. That uh, We're already scrolling through the internet right now looking for new assistants. She already got fired. She's nah, dude. Dude, I don't want to get anybody fired, man. I don't want that. I don't want that blood nah, on my nah, hands. Jim, I don't Jim, want that blood Jim, on my hands, man. I take that shit Jim, back. Your royalty, they can't fuck up like that with you, man. Your royalty, this person's already fired. We were going to do it anyway, Jim. Well, if you were going to do it anyway, then I'm not going to feel badly about that. But I, yeah, I don't want to yeah, take, any, I don't take any food off that bad. table. All right, yeah, man. Don't feel bad, Jim. All right, Jorge, I appreciate you very, very much. Like I said, that's why eight minutes was not enough real estate for you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on this podcast, and I can't wait to see you in Miami, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, my brother. We'll have your stuff in Miami ready for you. I'll see you then. Thank you, man. Thank you. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Then don't make a shake. Don't eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every bite. I mean, who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. So, the next time you want a great protein, an energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. 
O-Trapper, what's your beef? Always tremendous to have a conversation with Jorge Masvidal, but never better than to have it right after a big fight when the UFC is on the forefront of everybody's mind. So thanks to Gamebred for that. Now, I might be going on the road to South Beach, but that does not mean that the podcast is getting shelved. Hell no. I'll be right back Super Bowl week with episode 114. That's going to drop next Wednesday, so make sure you look for that. Until then, here are your voicemails. Next time, I will see you from Miami. First new message. Jim Rome, Vince in Kansas City. Man, thank you so much for the freaking jungle karma. What a game. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Jim Rome? This is Day Hard in Denver. Ever since your message deleted. Next message. Lawrence, Springfield, Oregon. When Delonte West gets his life turned around, hopefully and morally, please get him back on your show. I will never forget that dude. Message saved. Next message. Romulus James. Hey, I wanted you to hit up our dude JB. He was rocking that double muffed headband that uh, usually comes in a double muffed beanie. I rock one of those with the Raider logo on it. You know, see my montage clones. I wanted to get one of those double muffed headbands, man, because if I throw that thing on, I know I'll get a rise out of Brad and Corona, man. Because if you look at me with that thing on, I'll probably look like a circumcised dick. And then. Message deleted. Next message. Robbie Rome, this is Nick from the 909. Everyone's going to say it was the shoulder to the face. Everyone's going to say it was the kick to the mouth. That's not it. Once that fall went down, the cowboy, it was that double tap from the right hand, not the left hook that put that boy out. War, Conor McGregor being back in the game. This was not a setup fight. This boy is back. Message saved. Next message. It's Robin St. Pete. Kingdom come, may the kingdom come, man, it's actually happened. We are going to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, man. Hope to see you down there, Radio Row. I guess there's no Javier's where I can meet up with you and Andy Reid, but get ready for the Kansas City fans. We're going to go crazy in Miami. Go Chiefs. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. It's Bella B in Calgary. Can you please, please, please ask the bald guy to book Conor McGregor on the pod? Thank you. Message saved. You have no more messages.